If you would take your Bibles, please, and go to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2, that's where we were last week. This is the Christmas season, and uh, Jesus, you know, is the reason for the season. And uh, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to talk about his birth and talk about uh, what he came for. And so, uh, Luke chapter number 2, I would invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God. Please, if you would, Luke chapter number 2. I'm going to read several verses this, evening, uh, this morning in Luke chapter number 2. Starting in verse number 10, let's go there. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Last week we spoke out of verse number 10, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. And we talked about uh, not fearing and uh, not having that spirit of fear, because God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we talked about not having fear, but there's more in this message that I want to talk to you about in verse number 14, where we're going to get our text this morning. The angel said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning with that title in mind, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. I need your help, and I need your touch this morning. Lord, we ask you please to bind Satan and the devils of hell from this place. I pray that they'll not be allowed uh, in here to disrupt or distract the service. Lord, I pray that you speak to hearts. Do what only you can do. Uh, Lord, we ask you to let the word of God pierce hearts this morning. If there's anyone here that does not know you as our personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you today. Lord, be with all those that are sick that could not be here. Lord, those that are uh, having some difficulties this morning that... For some reason, they weren't able to be at church. I pray that you'll help them, Lord, please. Uh, Lord, I ask you, please, to just uh, have your will and way in this service. May you be lifted up. Bless the junior church times and the nursery times. Lord, just everything that's said and done in this place, may it lift your name and give praise and glory to you. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I was going through this passage of Scripture, I always love going to Luke chapter number 2 in the Christmas-type season and uh, I don't like to just read it during Christmas time, but during Christmas time, it is a reminder of uh, what we're celebrating. Uh, we're not celebrating a Christmas tree, and we're not celebrating presents under a Christmas tree. We're we're not even celebrating a fam our family necessarily during Christmas time. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. We're celebrating why He came, and uh, we're celebrating the fact that He lowered Himself. Uh, the Creator of all the universe humbled Himself took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And uh, being found, the Bible says in Philippians 2, in fashion as a man, it said he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so as we think about that little baby in a manger, and we think about uh, these angels that proclaimed, it said, And lo, the angel of the Lord, verse 9, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And we talked about how their fear was about to uh, just scare them to the point of maybe even running but the angel gave him a message he said fear not i have some good news for you 
And we talked about that last week. And he said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And uh, when we think about the Lord, we ought to have joy about it. To know that uh, we don't have to spend one second in hell. And I'm glad for that. But I want to talk about this message that the angels are giving to them. And I want you to see uh, all of this stuff about the message uh, that they're talking about here. Look what it says. It says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. He says this, For unto you, verse 11. Now I want you to see here, this angel is not just making a general statement. He's making a personal statement. He's making a statement that is personal to these shepherds. He says this, it is for us, God recorded it in Scripture for you and I, but these angels are, 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 are proclaiming a personal message that God has for those shepherds at that time. It said this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I begin to think about this message that they talked about and what they're saying. We're going to talk about this message a little bit and what, it, uh, what it's meaning and all of those things. But it says here in verse 10 and 11, he said, For unto you, he said, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels are proclaiming here a personal message to these shepherds. These shepherds are out doing what they've always done. They're not doing anything different than normal. They're watching over their flocks by night. They're sitting there maybe looking up at the stars, looking at the beauty of the evening, nothing uh, going different in those evenings per se. But then all of a sudden, something happens. An angel appears before them, and the glory of the Lord shines round about them. And they're a little bit afraid. They're terrified. It said, actually, not a little bit. It said they were sore afraid. They were really afraid. And then he tells them, fear not. As we talked about last week, he said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And he's saying, listen, God's got a message for you. And he said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A savior. It was a very personal message that was identifying the coming of the Messiah, identifying that the Savior of the world was here. And I want you to understand the way that that personal message was to those shepherds, that same message is to us today. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And He wants you to know there's a Savior that wants to save you. There's a Savior that wants to be personal with you and have a personal relationship with you. In Galatians chapter 4, if you'll turn there quickly, Galatians chapter number 4, I want you to see a verse of Scripture, uh, actually two verses, Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. It said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, for what reason? To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of of sons. So God came to where man was for a purpose, to see them saved. God came to this earth. He was born of woman for what purpose? That we might be made the adoptions of sons, that we could be adopted into God's family. Aren't you glad that there's an opportunity for you and I, doesn't matter where you've come from, doesn't matter what walk of life you've come from, that he wasn't looking, he's no respecter of persons, he wasn't looking at the most educated, the most, well, the most wealthy, he wasn't looking at those that had a good social standing, he wasn't looking at one that's maybe in Congress or in Senate, he wasn't just looking at one that's a president or a king, he was looking at everyone that all should come to repentance, that's why he, that's why he came. 
It's a personal message that they had. He said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He was explaining something that they didn't understand. These, these shepherds are looking around, seeing these angels, and they're getting ready to say, fear not. And they're telling him a message. He said, listen, for unto you, there's a Savior born. There's a Savior born today. And I got to thinking about this message, and I got to thinking about how, uh, what they said about this. And when, when you look at it, he said this, that unto you is born this day in the city of David. He was saying this, this, this message is available, and it's close by. It's a, it's a message that's available for all of you, and it's close by. He said, Jesus is here. He's not far from where you're at. He's been born in a manger, and unto you is born this day in the city of David. It's right over there, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then he goes down, he said, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then it says, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Goodwill towards men. These angels were proclaiming that this is an available message. It's a message that God is able for all of you to see. He's he's there for every one of you to go and experience that Savior's birth. He said it's there. It's close by. He said God is near. You just got to go find him. You got to go find him. You know why he came? It's so that all men could come to him. He said if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. That when he died on the cross, he did that because of my sin and your sin. You say, why did he have to do all of this? Because we're all sinners deserving of hell. There's not one person other than Jesus Christ that's ever been born physically on this earth that has had no sin in their life. Every one of us are sinners. And because of our sin, the Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. And because we fall short of the glory of God, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. That's not just physical death, that's eternal death, the lake of fire, forever. That's what sin earns. And because of all of that, there's no way for me to get where God is by myself. There was no way that me, Dan Caldwell, by myself, could find a way for me to get back to God because sin had severed me from a relationship with God. And as I thought about this message that they're proclaiming to these shepherds is saying, uh, it brings joy to my heart to understand that even though in and of myself there's no way for me to get where God was, Jesus was born to bridge the gap between me and God, to remove the sin out of the way so that I could get to where God is. And all of that sin was placed upon him on the cross. He did all of that so he could bear our sins upon himself. His blood that was applied was able to wash our sins away. And anyone who will freely receive the Lord Jesus Christ, he's telling you this today, he's available and he's near for you to be saved. He's available and he's near for you to be saved. And we're going to get to this glory to God in the highest in a second. But if you're saved in this room this morning, you ought to be already able to shout those words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Listen, glory to God, we can go to heaven today. We don't have to worry about spending one second in the lake of fire. I don't have to worry about not being able to see God in heaven. I had somebody, uh, Brother Nick and I went and do some visits yesterday and I uh, was talking to a guy. He said, you know, this Christmas season, I was just wondering, uh, this guy was talking to us. He said, I just wonder, you know, those people that have gone on before us, our relatives, I wonder if they know, like, in heaven, this Christmas season is about the birth of Christ. I wonder if that, or if I wonder if they're just so enthralled with Jesus, just looking at Jesus. Just being in his presence. 
And, you know, I just got to thinking about that. You know, I don't think I'm going to care what day it is, what time it is when I'm in heaven. I'm just going to be so excited to be in the presence of Jesus. That's what makes it heaven, you understand? It's not the street of gold. It's not the gates of pearl. It's not the walls of jasper. It's not any of that. It's being in the presence of God. Being in the very presence of God. But you know what's funny, Brother Nick? I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to have God's presence in my life. I get to actually see him there and spend eternity with him in heaven. But I can sense his presence right now because of the sin that's been covered by the blood of Christ. I can experience that presence. And it was a personal message. He said, for unto you is born this day. And listen, friend, I'm here to tell you today, God loves you. He loves you more than anybody else could love you. I don't care how far down in the depths of sin you have gone. One drop of his blood can penetrate the deepest of sins. And he wants you to be saved. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's a whosoever will gospel. And I I, want to encourage you this morning to trust Jesus as your Savior. You know, I believe there's people in this room maybe that are just one belief away. That's how close God is. You understand that? How close God is to your life, to being part of your life forever, is one belief away. I didn't say one prayer away. One belief away. Because the Bible says, for the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Listen, God is just one belief away from eternal life forever. Well, you say, what do you mean one belief away? Well, we realize that we're sinners falling short of the glory of God, that hell is our punishment, all of those things. But the Bible said God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And you know, in John three sixteen, that's probably the most popular verse in all of the Bible that most people know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever in their own good works do what they're supposed to do to get to heaven is that what it said no that whosoever uh, goes to church on sunday morning sunday night and wednesday night and gives in the offering and gives the missions and does all that they go to heaven no that's not what it said it said that whosoever believeth in him believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life he's one belief away see how close he is to you And you know what? These angels are proclaiming how close the Messiah was to these shepherds. He said, listen, he's right there in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He said, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And I believe God's given you a sign today to understand through his word that Jesus is only one belief away from your eternal security in heaven. You just got to trust him as your Savior. Listen, in this message, when he told them, fear not, I believe what he was doing right there is he was immediately meeting the need of their heart. You know what he was saying is, hey, there was some fear that was going to stop the belief. There was some fear that could hinder that. And he immediately went right to the heart and said, fear not. Fear not. And you know what? When the word of God is presented, when the word of God is preached, you know what the Holy Spirit of God does? He goes right to the heart. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing asunder in soul and spirit and the joints of the marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of what? The heart. God goes straight to the heart. And he, he meets that need of our heart, that fear, that doubt, that discouragement, whatever it is that comes in our life. He meets that need so that we can believe. We can walk forward through belief in Christ. 
And he told those shepherds, listen, fear not. Immediately meeting that need, but then he talked about not only immediately needing, but the availability and how close it was. He's right here in the city of David. And listen, God's right here in Faith Baptist Church today. He's right here in the pages of this book, the Word of God. He's right here willing for you to receive Him as your Savior. And He's just one belief away for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a personal message. He said, for unto you is born this day. You understand? Look what he said. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Who did he say it was? A Savior, which is who? Christ the Lord. Listen, this was not just an available message. This was an all-sufficient message. He was saying, this isn't a little G God. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And let me clarify who it is. It's not Allah. It's not Buddha. It's not some statue Dagon that the Philistines believed in. It's not some, this is not just some little baby that we're talking about that you're going to worship a man. We're talking about Christ the Lord. We're talking about the one who took upon himself the form. We're talking about the promised Messiah that Isaiah talked about. We're talking about the ones that all the prophets of the Old Testament talked about. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're talking about the God of all the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence. We're talking about the one who reaches down in the muck and the mire of this clay and pulls us out and puts us on a rock and establishes our going. I'm talking about the one that taketh away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God. That's who we're talking about. Listen, it was an all-sufficient message. He said, it's Christ the Lord. And this Christmas season, as we think about that baby in a manger, it's more than just a little baby. And I love going to the nursery and seeing the little babies in the nursery. I love the innocence that you see in those little babies and all that stuff. But as we think about that manger and we think about that baby in the manger, when they're proclaiming this message about who it was that was on the scene, this wasn't just any baby. This was Christ the Lord. He's the one that could change lives around. And these angels are proclaiming to these guys, we established last week, they told them to fear not and dealt with that fear. But now they're explaining where the joy comes from is in that Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It was a personal message. But I want you to look at verse 14. It said this, actually verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts. What's the next two words? Praising God. Praising God. So not only was this a personal message to them, it was a praising message. It was a message of praise to the Savior. It was a message of praise to the Lord. It was a message that God could get the glory. They said this, glory to God in the highest. Listen, our theme this year is to know God and to make Him known. And we're rounding the bend, coming towards the end of 2019. But I don't ever want that theme to leave our hearts. You need to know God. But our verses that we read in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. That word glory there. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But him that glorieth, let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And then these angels are proclaiming glory to God in the highest. From the very beginning of his physical presence here on earth, he said this. They said glory to God. They're showing us where the praise belongs. When we come to church and we sing praises unto the Lord, they're not praises unto ourselves. They're not praises unto Faith Baptist Church. They're praises unto God. 
glory to God. I looked up the word glory. It means to boast about, to rave in, to give very great praise, honor, adoration, a state of great splendor. And the angels are saying glory to God in the highest. Boasting about Him. Giving great honor to Him. A state of great splendor. Adoration. I wonder, does God have your adoration today? If He does, praise is going to follow. See, they identified who it was, and then they sang praises unto Him because He's worthy of their praise. He's worthy of their praise. Job 38. Look at Job, if you would, please. Chapter number 38. Job 38 and verse number 7. It says, When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. All the sons of God shouted for joy. I thought about this. You know what? This praise didn't just happen right then. They've been doing it all throughout the ages. These angels are good at giving praise to God. They're good at it. You know why? They've been doing it forever. They've been praising Him forever. They were just giving an example of what God expects of us. Sing praises unto Him. You know, as I, I, I read that verse one time, somebody came up to me and said, it's actually not Job, it's Job. I said, well, people don't like that word anymore, so we're going to call it Job. <laughs> That's become a bad word in our society today, isn't it? Job. So we call it Job, right? Makes it sound a little better. Whatever you want to call it, the angels have been doing it all the, since the beginning of time. Since they were created, you know what the angels have been doing? Praising God. So wait a second. The angels have been praising God but they have no idea what grace is all about. Think about that. The angels are praising God, giving glory and honor to Him, but they have no idea what it's like to go from separation from God to relationship with God. They don't know what that's like. And they're able to sing praises to Him. What about us who've been bought by the blood of Christ, been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? We ought to be able to sing praises unto the Lord. We ought to be able to lift our, our voices on high and sing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We ought to be able to shout with joy and, 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 and a spring in our step that, listen, we have new life in Jesus Christ. And we can get excited about it and sing praises unto Him. I've had people say to me, well, preacher, are you against people standing up and waving a hanky in church? If it's real and it's Holy Spirit led, you have at it, brother. Why? Because you ought to sing praises to him. I don't want this to become some uh, sideshow where you're trying to get attention. But if you're, you're just overwhelmed in the goodness of God and you can't help yourself and you just stand up and raise your hand, say, praise God, hallelujah, glory to his name. Guess what? Because you're saved on your way to heaven. You don't have to spend one second in a lake of fire. Those that deserve hell now have been given life through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a new, we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Maybe people will want what we have if we acted like we were excited about what we have and we just said hey there's new life in us you understand we ought not to be dead we're not we're not saved into death we're saved into life there ought to be life you know what i think some churches brother eddie is so dead that if somebody had a heart attack it'd take the ambulance five people before they found out the right person that was dead they say well, which one are we looking for here they all look dead i don't understand it 
Listen, we all get some life about us. He came to, to be born into this earth. So the death that you and I would experience uh, because of sin, he was going to take that. He was going to place that upon himself for us. It was a personal message that they were proclaiming to them. But then you know what? It was a praising message. It was a praising message. Hey, listen, Satan don't like you hearing about praises to God. Don't worry about what's happening on the outside. Worry about what's happening on the inside. Satan's good at trying to get people distracted on what's happening with the things of God. Listen, if you're in this room this morning, you're not saved. Listen, it's a personal message to you. He wants you to be saved, and he's only one belief away from you going to heaven. But if you are saved in this room, guess what? He's one praise away. You ought to lift him up on high. You ought to praise his holy name. Listen, we talk about praise and worship. Let me give you the difference in praise and worship. Praise is you telling everybody else about how good God is. The angels were proclaiming it to other people. Worship is you telling God how good he is. Personally. So guess what? You ought to have a mindset of praise and worship every day. You ought to praise him for who he is. If he's your savior, man, you ought to wake up every morning just saying, Lord, thank you that I don't have to go to hell. Lord, thank you that I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that even though I'm a sinner, even though I make mistakes, that you're there willing to receive me back. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a God we serve. Listen, I know that these aren't very uh, uh, in-depth doctrinal thoughts, but man, how how much reality we need to understand about this whole thing is that we're saved on our way to heaven if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. And that doesn't mean your life is ended. It means you're beginning a new life in Christ. The life that we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. You know what? We ought to be living to praise him. Living to bring praises to him. The fact that you have air to breathe, you ought to praise him. The fact that you have health enough to be here today. Some people came in bad health today, and I understand that. Man, what a blessing it is to see Miss Mary Collins. What a blessing it is to have her. But you know what? It's a struggle to come because of health. But you know what? We ought to rejoice in the fact that we're alive today to give praise to his name. Listen, I don't care how low you may think life is. He's still worthy of our praise. He's still worthy of, giving us, of us giving him praise. I want you to think about all the goodness of God in your life. Not, listen, if all that ever happened in your life, which you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he saved you, that ought to be enough for you to praise him for the rest of your life. But above and beyond that, he does things for us over and over and over again. I look around this room of people who've had major surgeries even this past year that are sitting in this auditorium this morning as a testimony to God's grace and God's mercy in our life. And we ought to sing praise to him. People that have gone through hardship, lost loved ones and things like that, and God has comforted them through all of those things. People that have had needs, financial or whatever they may be, and God has just opened the windows of heaven and reached down and blessed them in ways that they couldn't even imagine. Listen, he's worthy of our praise. And the angels are giving a a, a loud proclamation to these guys. They're saying, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They begin to sing praises to him in Luke 2. Let's go back there and look at the passage of Scripture. Luke 2, verse 
Here's this angel, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, you know what suddenly means? Just like that. There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. You know what they were saying, Brother Scott? Very great praise. Much adoration to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Praise because He is our Savior. But you know what? We ought to praise Him, not because He's just our Savior. We ought to praise Him when others get saved. You know, the angels do it. Heaven does it. Look at Luke, if you would, please. Chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 7. I say to you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that, repent, that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons, which need no repentance. You know what he's saying is that heaven rejoices when one sinner gets saved. Brother Guy, that means the day I trusted Jesus as my Savior. You know what heaven did? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. When you got saved, you know what happened? The angel said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. If heaven's rejoicing over it, don't you think those that are going to heaven ought to rejoice over it? Don't you think we ought to get excited about it? What happens though, I find this, Brother Eddie, people get saved, they say, I wonder if it was real. wonder if they really meant it. Well, we'll find out in due time if they really meant it. Maybe we ought to just say, praise God, hallelujah, somebody got saved. Hallelujah, glory. I can't, you know what, they got saved over at a different church, I don't know. Well, maybe if you'd go soul winning, they wouldn't have to get saved at a different church. fact is, we ought to rejoice that somebody gets saved. It don't matter where they got saved. If they got saved, praise God. Hallelujah. Have glory in it that they got saved. Let's quit being so critical over somebody. Well, we'll have to make sure that it was real. Let's see their lifestyle and make sure that they got it right. You ever seen a baby start off right? What happens to babies? They have to be taught how to do right. I know it's very difficult for my kids to believe, but they weren't always doing right. They still aren't always doing right. We had to teach them how to behave. Brother Eddie, they were born sinners. You know why? Because my blood's in their veins. That's why they're sinners. I'm their dad. (laughs) That's why they're sinners, okay? Their mom's perfect, though. Through the blood of Jesus. Amen. But you know what? We look at our kids and we think, man, my kid can never do wrong. They're sinners. We're all sinners. But praise God that sin that separates us can be made white as snow through the blood of Jesus Christ. And once we're saved, we can bring bring glory and honor to his name. And guess what? Those that are lost that get saved, we ought to rejoice in it. We ought to rejoice in it. But you know what? I was talking about how people will get saved. Guess what? They're not always going in the right direction when they first get saved. You know why? That's what discipleship is all about. Teaching them how to do the right things and go the right direction. 
If we just took a baby and let them fend for themselves, guess what would probably happen? They would probably die because they have nobody to care for them, nobody to feed them, nobody to help them. But you know what? God gives us his word to grow in, to do that. And we ought to be helping those that are babes in Christ so that they can end up, and we talked about this in Sunday school a little bit, that they go from baby to walking in, getting a little bit of assistance doing this, then eating on their own, doing all this stuff, starting to spiritually get cleansed through the word of God on their own, and then reproducing others what they're supposed to do and how does that happen through growth listen just because somebody gets saved and all of a sudden they don't change immediately yes there's destinations different but they still have a sin nature you understand that i've heard people say well if somebody really got saved they wouldn't be smoking anymore wouldn't be drinking anymore wouldn't say any bad words anymore immediately it'd be gone that's just a farce to believe now do i believe they have different desires yes do I believe they, they, they're rejoicing now? Wait a second, the, the God who loved me, who, who paid his blood on the cross for me, that ought to put a new desire in their heart to do the right things and all those kind of things. But guess what? They're still sinners and they need some direction. We need to teach them how to do right. And some people grow slower than other people, but we ought to be consistent in helping them and doing that. We ought to keep pressing forward, putting one foot in front of the other, going forward for God. But we can rejoice and sing praise to him when people get saved. Let's quit being a critic and driving them away from church because we question their salvation. Maybe they're just a babe and don't know any better. And they need to see some godly examples of what is right. They ought to see some people praising God. Listen, I think it's amazing that the angels proclaim praise to God. I mean, they were created and they chose, yes, I'm going to praise God. But they don't understand what it's like to have that reuniting that sin that has just so much overshadowed us that through the blood of Jesus Christ and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be reunited in a relationship with God. We ought to shout it even louder than the angels. We ought to sing praise louder than them. You know what most of us do, though? Man, praise God for my car. Praise God my football team's going to the Super Bowl. Praise God for all this. And man, we'll shout at all these things. Man, we'll wear our, our uniforms. We'll wear all this stuff. We'll wave our hankies at a game. We'll want to see that TV screen showing us acting like a fool at a, a game and all this stuff. But when we talk about Jesus, we say, well, I just don't get excited. I just don't believe that's of the Lord. You think the angels just stood up there and said, hey, uh, shepherds, guess what? Jesus is here. Whoopee. Oh, that's not what it was like. That's not what it was like at all. It said, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said, whoa, 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 fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it said, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, listen, I wonder if one person's going to shout praise for the Lord. I wonder in Faith Baptist Church would a multitude of people stand up and sing with them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It was a personal message. It was a praising message. But it was a peaceful message. It said in Luke chapter 2, in that passage of Scripture when he said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know what he's saying is, the one who brings peace 
has just came on the scene. You know why peace can happen to all men? Because the peace giver is here. The peace giver is here. You know you can't find peace till you find God. You can't find peace till you find God. Why? Because he is peace. Wait, the fruits of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Wait, that's an attribute of who God is. So you want peace in your life? I have people that have met with me in my office over the past years and just said, Preacher, all I want is peace. I just want peace. I say, well, I know where you can get it. It's in God. Peace in Him. Peace even in the storms. The, those shepherds or those, those disciples, remember, that were in the ship and the storm raging around them. They go to the Lord, care not that we perish. And he looks at the storm and says, peace, be still. And it just got still. Listen, the peace giver is right there with you. He's available. He's right there. All you got to do is just trust him. Just trust him. Look at Romans chapter number four. We're almost finished. Romans chapter number four. Starting in verse 21, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now it, is, it was written, now it was not written for his sake alone, it was imputed to him. But for us also, to him it, is, it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered from our offenses and was raised for our justification. Talking about why Jesus came. He came to die for us, to justify us, to redeem us. Then he says this word in chapter 5 verse 1, therefore. Whenever you see that word therefore, you jump back up and see what it's there for. Okay, that's pretty difficult to understand. But just go back and see what it's there for. It says because of all of that, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ brings peace. But a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ helps keep that peace in your life. It helps keep the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Well, to give glory and honor. It said glory to God in the highest. Do you adore Him? Do you give Him the adoration? Praise, glory, do His name? Last passage of Scripture I want you to turn to is First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter number 16. First Chronicles chapter number 16. Several verses we're going to read it in this passage, but I want you to see the common word in all of these. First Chronicles chapter 16. We'll see the common word in this, these verses in this chapter. Verse 10. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Look at verse 24. Look down there quickly, verse 24. Declare His glory among the heathen, His marvelous works among all nations. Look at verse 27 through 29. Glory and honor are in His presence. 
Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the, the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Look at verse 35. And say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather us together, and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to the holy name, O glory in thy praise and glory in thy praise listen we ought to give glory to god the message this morning glory to god in the highest i wonder this do you glory in christ do you glory in him or do you glory in your bank account do you glory in your status at work You understand all those things are going to burn up one day. There's going to come a day we get to see God face to face. Do you glory in his name? The angels that don't know what salvation is, because they've never experienced it, can sing glory to God in the highest. What about those that were headed for destruction? That through belief on the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in him have been made new. And given a new life in Him. Guess what our praise ought to be this morning? Glory to God in the highest. With heads bowed, eyes closed.